Greetings, detective. Welcome to the Murder Mystery Company and our new free service, Calm Mystery. We know that many of you need that calm and centered moment, but meditation isn't necessarily your thing. If you're a mystery lover, crime fan, and could use a break, you've come to the right place. It sure is a suspenseful world out there, but I have good news for you. In this world, the suspense will only come from the world's best writers. For the next few minutes, we're going to close the door on the outside world. First, find a comfortable chair, sofa, or bed. Take just a moment to relax into the spot. Let your body sink in, slowly releasing the day's tension. Just relax. You've earned this time. You need this time for you. Your body will thank you. Now let's take a moment to clear your mind. I want you to focus on two things, my voice and your breathing. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Let it out slowly through your mouth. Now the same thing, but let's breathe on my count. Three counts in, four counts out. Breathe in one, two, three. Now out, one, two, three, four. As we do this, you're going to slowly relax more and be perfectly ready for tonight's dastardly tale. Now again, breathe in one, two, three. Now out, one, two, three, four. One more time, breathing out that last bit of stress. Breathe in one, two, three. Now out, one, two, three, four. Excellent. Tonight's tale of mystery, intrigue, and murder is truly spine-tingling. The Murders in the Rue Morgue, Part 3 It was in Paris that I met Auguste Dupin. He was an unusually interesting young man with a busy, forceful mind. This mind could, it seemed, look right through a man's body and into his deepest soul. One hot summer morning, we read in the newspapers about a terrible killing. The dead persons were an old woman and her unmarried daughter, who lived alone on the fourth floor of an old house on the street called the Rue Morgue. Someone had taken the daughter's neck in his powerful fingers and pressed with fearful strength until her life was gone. Her mother's body was found outside, behind the house, with the head nearly cut off. The knife with which she was killed was found, however, in the room on the floor. Several neighbors ran to the house when they heard the woman's cries of fear. As they ran up to the fourth floor, they heard two other voices. But when they reached the room and broke down the door, they found no living persons in the room. Like the door, the two windows were firmly closed, locked on the inside. There was no other way that the killer could have got in or out of the room. The Paris police did not know where to begin to look for the answer. 
I told Dupin that it seemed to me that it was not possible to learn the answer to the mystery of these killings. No, no, said Dupin. No, I think you are wrong. A mystery it is, yes, but there must be an answer. We must not judge what is possible just by what we have read in the newspapers. The Paris police work hard and often get good results, but there's no real method in what they do. When something more than simple hard work is needed, when a little real method is needed, the police fail. Sometimes they stand too near the problem. Often, if a person looks at something very closely, he can see a few things more clearly. But the shape of the whole thing escapes him. There must be an answer. There must. Let us go to the house and see what we can see. I know the head of the police and he will allow us to do so. And this will be interesting and give us some fun. I thought it strange that Dupin should believe he would get fun out of this, but I said nothing. It was late in the afternoon when we reached the house on the Rue Morgue. It was easily found for there were still many persons, in fact a crowd, standing there looking at it. Before going in, we walked all around it. Dupin carefully looked at the neighboring houses as well as this one. I could not understand the reason for such great care. We came again to the front of the house and went in. We went up the stairs and into the room where the daughter's body had been found. Both bodies were there. The police had left the room as they had found it. I saw nothing beyond what the newspapers had told us. Dupin looked with great care at everything. The bodies, the walls, the fireplace, the windows. Then we went home. Dupin said nothing. I could see the cold look in his eye which told me that his mind was working, working busily, quickly. I asked no questions. Dupin said nothing until the next morning when he came into my room and asked me suddenly if I had not noticed something especially strange about what we had saw at the house on the Rue Morgue. I replied, nothing more than what we both read in the paper. Tell me, my friend, how shall we explain the horrible force, the unusual strength used in these murders, and whose were the voices that were heard? No one was found except the dead women, yet there was no way for anyone to escape. And the wild condition of the room, the body which was found head down above the fireplace, the terrible broken appearance of the body of the old lady with its head cut off, these are all so far from what might be expected that the police are standing still. They don't know where to begin. These things are unusual indeed, but they are not deep mysteries. We should not ask what has happened, but what has happened that has never happened before? In fact, the very things that the police think cannot possibly be explained are the things which will lead me to the answer. Indeed, I believe they have already led me to the answer. I was so surprised, I could not say a word. Dupin looked quickly at the door. I am now waiting for a person who will know something about these murders, these wild killings. I do not think he did them himself, but I think he will know the killer. I hope I'm right about this. If I am, then I expect to find the whole answer today. I expect the man here, in this room, at any moment. It is true that he may not come, but he probably will. But who is this person? How did you find him? I'll tell you. While we wait for this man, we do not know, for I have never met him. While we wait, I will tell you how my thoughts went. Dupin began to talk, but he did not seem that he was trying to explain to me what he had thought. It seemed that he was talking to himself. He looked not at me, but at the wall. It has been fully proved that the voices heard by the neighbors were not the voices of the women who were killed. 
someone else was in the room. It is therefore certain that the old woman did not first kill her daughter and then kill herself. She would not have been strong enough to put the other daughter's body where it was found. And the manner of the old lady's death showed that she could not have caused it herself. A person can kill himself with a knife, yes, but he surely cannot cut his own head almost off, then drop the knife on the floor and jump out the window. It was murder, then, done by some third person or persons. And the voices heard were the voices of these persons. Let us now think carefully about the things people said about the voices. Did you notice anything especially strange in what was told about them? Well, yes, everybody agreed that the low voice was the voice of a Frenchman, but they could not agree about the high voice. Ah, that was what they said, yes, but that was not what was so strange about what they said. You say you've noticed nothing that makes their stories very different from what might have been expected. Yet there was something. All these persons, as you say, agreed about the low voice, but not about the high, hard voice. The strange thing here is that when an Italian, an Englishman, a Spaniard, and a Frenchman tried to tell what the voice was like, each one said it sounded like the voice of a foreigner. How strangely unusual that voice really must have been. Here are four men from four big countries and not one of them could understand what the voice said. Each one gave it a different name. Now, I know that there are other countries in the world. You will say perhaps it was the voice of someone from one of those other lands, Russia perhaps, but remember, not one of these people heard anything that sounded like a separate word. Here, Lupin turned and looked into my eyes. This is what we have learned from the newspaper. I don't know what I have led you to think, but I believe that in this much of the story, there are enough facts to lead us in one and only direction to the right answer. What this answer is, I will not say, not yet, but I want you to keep in mind that this much was enough to tell me what I must look for when we were in that house on the room morgue. And I found it. Thank you, detectives, for listening to tonight's Calm Mystery by the Murder Mystery Company. I'm Julian Stiles. Would you like to show somebody you care? Is there a mystery fan in your life? Could they use a quiet moment and a great story? I'm doing personal stories of 20 minutes or less. Something personal like this can make a friend or family member feel truly loved in an otherwise dark time. They're only $49 and you can email me at calmmystery at gmail.com. That's C-A-L-M-M-Y-S-T-E-R-Y at gmail.com. In the meantime, Stay tuned for more tales to tingle and terrify while giving you a needed break from the outside world.